What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining us on the panel tonight are... Johnny Morales. Oh, Brian L.S. <laughs> and Roger May. Producing, as always, is Matt Lubick. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. This is your first time listening to the show. Oh, before that, for all the listeners that are coming in on Monday, if you want to watch the live streams... <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Horizon Comics. Got it. Yeah, there it is. And happy belated birthday to Matt. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday, Matt. 28. Jesus, really? 28. You made it past the deathly 27, dude. Die on Wednesday. Oh, man. 30 is approaching like a freight train, dude. Yep. Don't remind me. It's downhill, man. I know. It's coming for you. I'm so sad. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, we are a, re- re- a review slash spoilery podcast. So we will be doing, it would typically do a Marvel book, a DC book, and an indie book each week along uh, with a graphic novel from one of those publishers. But this week, there was no Marvel deemed worthy enough to review. Oh, really? So <laughs> I have one for yeah, my lightning round. We're, we're, doing a, we're doing a double DC yeah. week. Okay. What Marvel book came out for you this week? Uh, I it's uh, Chip Zdarsky's last uh, spectacular Spider-Man issue, but we've done uh, Spider-Man a lot. Yeah. we've done a lot of stuff. We, did. we didn't do Spider-Man. Was it good? It wasn't that yeah. we didn't think it was going to be really good. good. But these, uh, yeah, these books are good. Chi- Spoilers. Yeah, Chip's impressed me as a writer. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's come a long way from Sex Criminals. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he started really good with Sex Criminals, and now he's even better. No. <laughs> two and one is decent too. No. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I kind of wish he was writing Fantastic Four, but that's yeah. that's for another show. All right. Oh, I'm pretty sure we've that covered that on w- several shows. That, that's <laughs> a wild so. sentence you just said. You wish Chip Zdarsky was writing Fantastic Four instead of two and one. I'd switch. Proof the is in the pudding, man. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah, typically we review graphic novel. Also, we are going to play some trivia. We will answer. I don't know if we have any questions this week. We'll check. Uh, but Got before we do that, Johnny, email. take a break real quick and right. tell us about the news. Sure. So uh, I'm going to start with some uh, sad some news. news. Um, the artist uh, Norm Brayfogle passed away uh, a couple of days ago at age 58. He's very uh, influential for Batman. Uh, he helped redesign Robin. Uh, he was on Batman for like six years. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. 58, not that Rest old. Rest in peace, dude. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have Dark Horse is going to publish uh, Minecraft graphic novels because I, I guess Minecraft's still popular. That, uh, that boat there? sailed. If they were doing Fortnite, maybe. for real though, yeah, but, yeah, Minecraft. I think that ship sailed. Yeah, that was like last generation's game. It was. Uh, it's still popular. It was pretty big, but I don't know if it's big enough to warrant. It's not Fortnite, but it's still big. Yeah. Yeah. No Fortnite, but still big. Uh, moving on, uh, Marvel delays uh, the release of uh, Extermination's final issue by uh, three weeks. So instead of uh, November 28th, it's coming out December 19th. Uh, n- n- they haven't stated why they made the change. That's where they've been delaying a lot of stuff. Yeah, maybe artists or something. Uh, let's see. Um, n- next thought is uh, DC News, uh, which uh, Tom King... Uh, confirms that instead of seven issues uh, Heroes in Crisis, it's going to be nine. I'm Uh, pretty sure the issue that came out this week with the number of nine. nine, Oh, really? Yeah, it's just one of nine. Oh, I did not know that. They they updated it pretty quick. Yeah, it's because uh, they had uh, two specials uh, 
planned, and they decided to just fit those specials in with the numbering. Oh, good call. Yeah. Good yeah, call. Yeah, that's a better uh, way to do it. Moving on. Uh, so what is this guy's name? Sean Gordon Murphy. I was like, it's not Eddie He's Murphy. Got a that's someone else. To, to White, uh, Knight. White Knight. Yeah, it's going to be called Curse of the White Knight, uh, and it's going to introduce uh, Asriel into the White Knight universe. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I heard it was really that arc, that story arc or whatever was really good. Graphic novel comes out in October. Yeah, we're, uh, we're yeah, we'll actually be reviewing it Sweet. Uh, the week after or something like that. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have some reports. It's it, granted, it's only from two websites because um, I like to keep a lot of sources. But uh, that Batman Damned number one is not going to be print reprinted. Uh, and number two was delayed until December. Um, oh, that's why it hasn't gone to second print yet. Right. I, I didn't. I didn't see that post. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's not going to be reprinted. And um, D- but DC. Uh, I went to a different site because, like I said, there's two sites that uh, are pulling yeah. this story. Um, the second site uh, specified that DC said at this time. So they may plan like a second print run. Um, Afterwards, but right now there's no plan. Uh, there's no plans for a second print. Well, yeah, because initially they said that they were gonna reprint it, but have it censored. Turn up the shadows. Right. Which yeah, which caused the the first books to hit. Dick wouldn't about be in that one. Right. Yeah. They. Well, they Dick would be in the shadows more. Ah. There is a <laughs> CG. <laughs> there's a CGC gem mint, which you know they're always hard to get. The tens, the perfect yeah. tens. Uh, going for like 8000 right now, which is dumb. <laughs> but, I mean, I, if I people agree. will buy it, uh, that's a $70 book right now, like uh, raw, you know, uh, which I, it's probably going to go up a little bit more because they're not planning a second print yeah. as of yet. Um, but uh, it'll go down. Listen, I, I hope that uh, we have five people who still haven't picked up that book uh, eight, eight, nine days after release. Okay, one of the biggest problems that we have in this shop, I've talked with a couple of people about this uh, this week, is people coming in and picking up their pulls. Okay, Um, and right now, in particular, it's getting a little frustrating for me because we're carrying 75 to 80 percent of our pulls um, over the past month. Okay, if. And whether or not whether or not you guys that listen to this podcast are one of the five people who haven't picked up that book, if you don't pick up that book, I'm going to sell it and I'm going to make a lot more money than I would selling it to you for seven dollars. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Because and and uh, I mean this week we've had a few more people come in because I was I was sitting on about six hundred dollars worth of Batman Damned number ones that I was going to sell for $40. And I'll be happy to sell it to you for $40 because you pulled it, and and I, I will honor that bargain. But if you're not going to come in and pick up your books in a timely way, I'm going to sell it, and I'm going to make, you know, 10 times what I would otherwise. So I just, I just want you to know, look, I will look out for you. I'm a good guy. Um, but if you're not going to look out for us, then that's the way it is. Boom. Sorry, go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm that's. Get off th- 
<laughs> All that being said, just come grab your pole. Yeah, like don't be lazy. The week, the week or two, that, you know. Or like at least come tell them like, hey, or, yeah, can you stop message. my pole for right now? Uh, I will come and pay for these a little bit by a little bit. Like anything, really. Communication is key. Yeah, um, goes a long way. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, for those people that have Batman Damn Number One, you know, if you want to sell it for like a quick buck, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, I- I'm pretty sure it'll be reprinted later on. Um, and yeah, that's that's all the news for this week. Okay, get back to Black Said. What's okay. next? Okay. Uh, Do we have any questions, Matt? No questions. No questions. No questions. Day? I'm so oh. bummed. I want questions. I have trivia, but no question. Questions. Brian, well, did you then. have a question? No, I have a potential question for the giveaway unless oh, you have one or yeah. yeah that's right his potential mm-hmm. listener question for the oh okay okay Get unless you have something else in mind nope okay nope my my mind is blank dude <laughs> awesome all right well i guess we'll jump straight into the reviews so okay roger all right so uh this week for the for the first dc book um, Marvel's not worthy this week. Um, we're reviewing Justice League Odyssey, number one. Uh, Joshua Williamson. Joshua Williamson, Flash writer, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Nailbiter writer. And oh, it's and Steven Sajic. Steven. Steven Sajic. Steven Sajic on art. Um, okay, this is one of the books that was uh, spinning out of No Justice, and. Uh, basically, we have Jessica Cruz has been um, restationed to uh, where? Where are they at? Ghost sector, I think. The ghost sector, right? Which was uh, deemed off limits yeah. to to Green Lanterns, and she's basically patrolling the outskirts of the ghost sector to make sure that uh, nobody goes in. And up pops Brainiac ship being driven by Cyborg, co-piloted by Starfire with a stowaway uh, named Asriel. Um, And they break into the ghost sector, crash land on a planet, and find out that they were beckoned by, uh, what is this, Team Darkseid? No, it's Darkseid. Well, I mean, it's Darkseid, but it's Team Darkseid. No, he's full no, well, no, no, no. Team. Team. Right? No, team. Team. Team? No, Jonathan's right. T-E-E-N? Yeah. He's not, he's not, he like, looks too cute. He's not old it's dark, dark side. from the past. Ah. So it's team. Because dark side in current continuity has been aged back up. Right. The baby from yeah. the end of. So it's young adult dark side. <laughs> it's young adult yeah. dark side. I don't think he's a teen. I think he's just... He loves there. avocado toast. Yeah, but he's not from the past. He might be. Who knows? Well, with Darkseid, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Because in current continuity, he's, in a Wonder Woman story arc, they aged him right back up. He's a... Yeah, I mean, he's like the Starbucks Darkseid. You know, with <laughs> coattails and... You know? Okay. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> and a hood. Uh... I actually love the look. Oh, so do I. I love um, everything about okay. this book so, so far. And then Darkseid, uh, spoilers, major spoilers, I think, in this one. Darkseid reveals to Cyborg, uh, Starfire, and Azrael. Wait, wait, wait. Before you reveal that, the whole purpose of this is that all of them had some sort of like calling 
to get on the well, ship. Well, they, they, they all have this sector. voice this in their voice head that that's says, "Go do that," beckoning them. Yeah. Um. So we find out that in within uh, this ghost sector, what what were the what was this group of planets called? Apocalypse. No. Oh, no. In this, From it was the these planets where the old gods, yeah. the people were pl- praying to Wasn't the old gods. Wasn't it with gods. a C or something? Yeah. Anyway, Colo? you you have these uh, you have these Kolu or Kolu something like that. I don't know. There are these planets where people were praying to the old gods. Um, and it turns out that Starfire, Azriel, and um, Cyborg are the old gods that these races of people were praying to. Um, and I absolutely love this first issue. Um, I love the art. Sajik's art is yes. amazing. <laughs> so um, good. I was let me let me say up front. I was super worried about this book because it got delayed a couple of times, which it, I, I think is understandable for Stephen Sajik, you know, knowing his art. But there was a part of me that was really worried that it was because some of the pieces weren't fitting together you know that they didn't have clear direction or something or you know i I didn't know they there was never for me a sufficient explanation given to the delay it just got pushed back and then pushed back um but at this point i don't care if this book comes out four times a year i'll read it every every three months you know um it's the story is for the most part, really good. There's some some plot elements I think that are just contrived. Um, starting with Jessica Cruz being, you know, uh, delegated the the ghost sector and showing up. You yeah. Know, so I I'm not familiar with this character. Is she like currently Green Lantern? She's a she's a been Lantern. a new a, Green okay. Lantern since the start of DC Rebirth. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And they well, actually did a good job because you, you kind of get the sense. In the book that she has anxieties, right? Um, they mention her, you know, not wanting to leave her apartment and stuff yeah, like that. Um, but for the most part, she's overcome a lot of that, and she's a she's a greenhorn, Green Lantern. Um, I thought the and you know, Azrael being a stowaway. At first, I was like, you know, they got have a Batman seems, character somewhere in yeah. there. That's I'm like, that draw. just seems dumb. But putting a voice in his head and make, and compelling him to yeah. go I on this like path, yeah, I thought was perfect. Yeah. I actually yeah. thought, I was like, that, that okay, that explains a lot. Like, Don't yeah. befriend them, just right. do this. Yeah. And he's right. kind of like, uh. He's like, it says we should buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just like kind of doesn't tell them everything. Yeah. Because he's not like he's trying to be duplicitous. We don't know what, why the voice in his head is saying this. He seems paranoid. Is that yeah. like his character? That's what he's like? Well, he's got the, I forgot the name of the, um, the mask that he uh-huh. wears. It's some sort of high tech. Uh, mask from Saint Dumas okay. that, like, he essentially goes in sync with. Oh, because okay. they retconned that. Did they? Not too long ago, right? Oh, made it new. I think it was something in um, Detective. Where they made it a high tech. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Right. It wasn't like magic any, anymore. It was like a high tech thing. Yeah. 
um, I, I, you know, I have nothing bad to say about this book. I think the art is stellar. Yeah, um, the characters, I, you know, I'm kind of like, well, this is really kind of an interesting team. I'm curious how they pull them together. Right. And actually having the voice be, you know, them all, you know, kind of embarking on this They're compelled uh, to go. religious sojourn, yeah. you know, um, they, yeah, they're compelled to go, like you said, yeah. And having dark side show. Uh, right. <laughs> like, I guess you're and, w- all wondering why I called this meeting. Yeah, and Joshua Williams had said in an interview that his idea of dark side on this team is like Hannibal Lecter being part of uh, yeah. the Justice League. And I was like, Sweet. oh my God, <laughs> yes, I want to read that. Yeah. So knowing that, did you read his dialogue as Anthony Hopkins? Yes, or? absolutely. Okay. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, I read uh, Cyborg as uh, Cyborg from the Teen Titans TV show. Yeah. But I yeah. can't not do that. Right. I Even though he's older, he's no. He still has the that's booyah. that voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> booyah. So, this book was cool. Right. I really liked it. Um, I do agree with Roger that it there are some like things like why is Jessica you know in the ghost sector and why is Ezreal in a stowaway. Uh, there's some things that don't make sense, but you know. You do it because it's comics and you want these people together. Um, I think they just asked Joshua Williamson what team he wanted to put right. together. And my right, and then he put together a story that made it make enough sense that you're okay with it. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'm okay with having Jessica there because I think it shows that they've given her some sufficient character growth. Yeah. You know, now she's now she doesn't need to have the partner attached to her, you know, or she doesn't right. need to be attached to somebody. She can handle stuff on her own. Well, she's also what's interesting is, is that because you have in three of the characters in Firestorm, Cyborg, and Azrael, they are um, they they have a principal role in this book as being labeled old gods. Um, Darkseid is uh, obviously he has his own agenda, yeah. you know. And he's uh, going to be pulling some strings. Jessica Cruz is a space cop, mm-hmm. so she's she you know is seemingly is going to be providing some balance or counterbalance uh, to whatever is is going on with these other three. So yeah, I mean, it fit I'm the super title, intrigued. Odyssey, yeah. like they're yeah. clearly going on yeah. an epic. It's going to be an Odyssey. I, I felt the same way when I finished this book. I was like, "This yeah, now I know why it's called this because this is going to be an Odyssey." Named after the Honda minivan, of course. Uh-huh, yes. Definitely, <laughs> um, right? Like uh, I think the only fifty-four miles per gallon. <laughs> wow, really? That's not bad. That's really good. Yeah, honestly. I wish my Sienna did that. Um, yeah, I, like I said, my only reservations were the the things that you mentioned, Roger. Um, I do wish that they did. Uh, things like Marvel and had like a little re- like recap page in the beginning, mm-hmm. kind of just explaining things to you. I don't think that would have. I don't think that would have been good for a first issue because I, w- I don't want to know all that right up front. I want. I just. I like the way that this was done. Okay. I can understand that. They did do the the expository reference. Right. To they did. No justice. To get you oh, to go yeah. back and metal. They also metal books. And yeah. They had the prologue. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. True. Um, well, yeah, I don't know who that character. 
Neither do we. Okay, cool. Uh, the the, yeah. be- the best thing about this book is obviously the, the art. It's amazing. Oh, Joshua oh Williamson God. also really knows how to write uh, characters very well. Uh, also, another thing that I absolutely loved about this book is the lettering. <laughs> Guys, the lettering is really good. I promise you. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Like when, when uh, the, the letter or sorry, when the book is introducing these characters to you, uh, it uses like uh, specified logos. logos, and these logos yeah. are beautiful. And like, sure, that could be done in, oh, in many other books, but it's real. right. But it's done out. very like the exact right size that you need to just have it pop out Side a little board. bit, but it still be part much. of the I, word. I board. agree. Well, yeah. it 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 sent a little tingle down my leg. I was like, <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. You know, so it felt like early '90s comics when they would do that. It, it so Every yeah. Time Wolverine appeared. Yeah. And somebody <laughs> said Wolverine. It was the Wolverine title. Wolverine. But but uh, they didn't do it too big where it's like distracting and it, it doesn't yeah. flow with the with the uh, word bubble it flowed perfectly um, and obviously that's a little tiny uh, you know compliment to give like sure. nobody's gonna notice that but I I loved I loved it so that's why I'm bringing it up I just can't get enough of Sajik's art on this look at his um he d- is it Firestar Sto- Star uh, Starfire Starfire doesn't she look like a Michael Turner character yeah like that's Ooh. when I saw her Who's face, Matt I was like, "Oh my god!" That's, oh, Johnny, yeah, you know no, that's Turner. a great. I probably yeah. do. I'm sorry, dude. Who is it? Fathom. Fathom or Witchblade. He, he did. He did some DC stuff too. Yeah. Okay. Just pull up. I died, died from cancer like ten years yeah. ago. Oh, okay. I think I know him. But I just rest in peace, dude. Right? I love the fact that it, it doesn't matter what book that Sajik does; they always give him a big monster to draw. That's dragon. Ah. Because yeah, he does yeah, really, yeah. He does really cool dragon. Type that's fantasy, a, that's a great fantasy point. That was things. It's like they they have to give him at least one. Sweet, because even on Aquaman, he'd do some sea-looking creature that was like almost right. dragon-esque. It's in his contract. Yeah, I think one of the best steals that they got was when they got him to come over to DC. Oh yeah. What, what was he doing before this? Just his own stuff. Oh, okay. The reason, yeah, and he, he said the doing reason. doing a book called Ravine, okay. which is high has fantasy. two volumes out. High fantasy. Yeah. And he, he has a bunch of online comics that he does himself. Nice. But he said the reason he came to DC, he's a Croatian artist. Oh, okay. Um, I believe it's Croatia. But he said the reason he came to DC was because they were one of the only comic companies that printed in his native language when he was younger. Wow, that's cool. And that's what hooked him when he was a kid. So he has a special affinity for the DC universe. That's really cool. So it was, uh, it was really cool that he hopped over there to do, do some stuff for them. Because I, I freaking love seeing him on... On these uh, these books, like his Aquaman run, is freaking beautiful. This is gonna be beautiful. Yeah. So, are we ready to rate it? Absolutely. Brian. Oh yeah, five. I'm, I love it. It was five for me. Five for me. I really enjoyed a lot of it. And I'm it's l- a four and a half. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I'm lost, but honestly, I think I really love the ride. So it's a five. Oh, cool. You know what I liked? Uh, the end when he describes them, because you guys were saying that they were like old gods, but. He's describing them as the goddess, the machine, and the angel. Yeah. And I thought that was freaking cool. That was, that was actually really cool. Well, and, f- and for me, not to, not to reopen yeah. the entire discussion on this book, but it's like, you know, there's almost this temporal thing. Like, what is current or future right. is past in this world. That they have, you know, they've been introduced to these cultures and societies in the past yeah. at, in some fashion yeah. that made them godlike creatures but yeah. they're just they're just now coming into these worlds in the present so yeah. I'm like 
I can't wait to see how you bring that full circle. As as a reader, it's like th- these are our mythological creatures, you know? Yeah. The comic characters yeah. are our Absolutely. mythology. Absolutely. So these are, they're establishing like a pantheon here. Yeah. And this makes me want to get into Azrael because oh, cool. I just cool. never... I never read anything Azrael. I know about the uh, character. Uh, nice John, job, John Paul Valley. Uh, yeah. 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 He's got a cool costume. I know he's like the bad. Oh, dude, he was like the, Batman. He the, but yeah, he had the horrible '90s costume. And this is yeah, this but, is like Arkham, right? New one. That was a uh, Joe Casada designed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> dude, I, dude, say what you will about it. I love it. it yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's very '90s with the freaking bladed. <laughs> it looked like tentacles <laughs> yeah, or something. It was yeah. so but, weird. <laughs> But at the time, when you're 10 years old or 12 years Hell old, yeah. you don't care. You're just I had like, a card yes. of Azrael, and I didn't know who he was, but he was badass looking. Yeah, he was after Bane broke. Yeah, yeah, he stepped in. Back, he stepped in, and he was like way more like hardcore. Yeah, and, and this is kind of based on the Arkham design, right? I think so. I'm not sure what uh, you're talking about. The Arkham, uh, the video games. No, his Arkham, his Arkham does at least in Arkham Knight was right. a lot different than that. I mean, it's I don't know. I think I remember in like City he looked he had like this it looks reddish cool, outfit. It's very like yeah, practical. It looked more like a Templar, right? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It looks Who knows? real though. It looks yeah, like what? Yeah, an uh, Iron Man Batman crossover kind of thing. Yeah. But he seems dark. He seems you know uh, magical, like you guys mentioned. For sure, for sure. It's legit. So, um, do you need more time, Johnny, or do you want to? I mean, I can pitch it. Yeah. You want to pitch it and talk yeah. about it? Yeah, real yeah, quick? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so our indie book for this week is Stranger Things number one of four, written by Jody Hauser, uh, art by Stefano Martino, and it is the story, um, it takes place during Stranger Things season one, um, but it's the story of uh, Will and how he uh, ended up in the Upside Down, uh, and kind of what he's going through uh, while uh, the other kids are, you know, on the search for him. Um, and it, it ties in with uh, with the Stranger Things season one. So if you want more of that, this is kind of this uh, one was this one was tough for me. Yeah, yeah, it was so boring. Yeah, it. I I was I think we, I was telling Brian at the beginning of the show the tough thing for adaptations and for for things that if you put it in that world is like with Stranger Things the 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 show. It's kind of like all your senses get hit because you have that awesome music opening the show. Yeah. Then you have, you know, the 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 performances, the soundtrack, the, the, soundtrack, the performances of yeah. the actors, things like that. This doesn't really do any of that. You don't get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you look at the Stranger Things title, you can't not hear that music. I think you don't get all those other little things that help kind of create the atmosphere of Stranger Things. And there just wasn't enough. I don't know if it's urgency is the right word. I, I think because like he's in the upside down, and you'd expect there to be a little bit more like, holy crap, what's this kid doing to survive? I think I know what the problem Apparently is. Apparently, nothing. Uh, and I think the problem with this book is that we already know the outcome. That, that is true. It does take a lot of the edge off. Yeah, and, and it's kind of. It's hard, maybe even impossible, to do a story set in this universe that isn't, you know, like a little side story from earlier seasons. And we kind of know how things end up. Uh, but if you watch the but show, I, mean, I feel it, like if he's because there's not a whole lot that we know about the Upside Down, they could right. make it at least more exciting. 
Yeah, or or put in that 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 fear of like um like holy crap, how's he gonna like? All they show is is kind of like regular world, except there's gooey yeah. stuff everywhere. I, I, just, I wasn't I wasn't sure when this story actually took place. Right. So it, it it's like as soon as he gets uh taken uh by the yeah, demigorgon. Right after the demigorgon grabs him. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So I think it, what the way you phrased it was actually perfect. It takes place during season one, and yeah. I think that it's kind of a. Uh, uh, it's mo- it's not an adaptation. It's a companion. Yeah. This is Will's side of the story that we didn't get to see during the, the first season. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like, I feel that nowadays thought bubbles are so rare. So seeing yeah, seeing I, I like the thought very, bubbles. Very very old school. I, I, it, it feels like those those books you got for like twenty five cents back in the day. You know. Yeah. It felt like a eighties comic book. The way the narrator spoke. Right. The the thought bubbles. I think that if you're like a kid and this is your first comic, this is perfect. Or if you're just I like, think if you're into Stranger Things, yeah. like you're younger, you, you're not gonna care. I'm right. just because I really like the show. Not having the same kind of feeling right. that the show gave me or gives me when I watch it, yeah. And this is what made it really kind of I just think, yeah. blah to me. It's kind of unfair to the book to compare it to the show because the show yeah. you get all that stuff the performances the music and all of that but I think man, it's, it's it would have been good to have like all of it collected at once you know maybe yeah maybe a graphic novel yeah something of, like that I will say though the cover feels very uh, Drew Struzan so it feels like well, an 80s movie poster I think that's what the, 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 the cover for the um, the show goes for uh, yeah that um, Spielberg-esque yes yeah. the, the 80s oh, the I see 80s so if you want to collect these thing. put the covers in a frame and hang them on your wall that's really they're really good hell yeah, yeah. Um, I had it's the is a nitpick supposed to be small or big a nitpick, nitpick is, is tiny okay it's the smallest, tiniest nitpick of all time. To be expected of you. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. Thank you. Um, His middle name is nitpick. <laughs> Johnny Nitpick Morales. Exactly. So. Uh, well, actually, it's lettering, and then it's. No, nitpick. no, no, no. It's uh, Dungeons and Dragons related. Uh, Did they got get something right? They no, they got something wrong. Um, they cast Fireball, and they're level one. I'm like, that's not. That's not. A, that's not a thing. <laughs> Now wait a second. That's okay. <laughs> were those? Were, were those? The I told you it was a small nitpick. It was first edition. Is that not congruent yeah, with yeah. first edition? Well, no. This would be second edition, and even at level one, I don't think you get fireball. They also we didn't get the D twenty system until third edition. How do you know this? I love Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> anyway, like. It, it just bothered me a little bit, you well, know? Well, I guess Jody Hauser needs to do some D&D research. I mean, it looks like she got the most of it, but, like, I think either the kids are playing it wrong or she doesn't know. And it, that's okay. Cause but I don't, I don't you know. think that it was ever established that they were level one in the show. I know, but they established it here. I, oh, that's my point. Yeah. If, if, if they're going off the show, right. they were throwing fireballs in the show. I yeah, think. they were. And so they didn't specify in the show. I don't know why she said it here. Like, right. she felt the need to specify that when yeah. she could have just left it ambiguous. If she left it ambiguous, then it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. And it wouldn't be the smallest, tiniest Unless nitpick. Unless they leveled up off-panel somewhere. But no, they cast Fireball before they specified oh, they were level one. Yeah. <laughs> I had a dip. Well, it w- it's not a nitpick. I found myself preoccupied with a different scene altogether. Okay. Yeah. And that stayed with me through the whole book. And even till now. And it's like, it was like. Is that a twenty-two that Will has? <laughs> He's got this bolt-action rifle, right? And I'm like, I'm like, I think that might be a twenty-two. Jonathan, do you know? 
And I'm like, it would have been way cooler. Was it not a BB gun? But he, no, he loaded he cartridges. Not, Jesus. Wow. I, yeah, I assumed it was like a little daisy Dude, they're rifle. in Indiana. Oh, no, no, oh right, right, right. It's a bolt-action rifle. <laughs> There's yeah. no laws there. And they just go hunting. And I'm like, it's a hunting rifle. Uh, okay. And I'm like, I, you know, where, where did he get this? You know, I'm pretty sure it's a 22. i I'm fairly certain in the show he didn't have it. Yeah. I'm fairly certain a kid of his age wouldn't be able to operate no. it. And he, he shoots the Demigorgon. But in the panel where he shoots the Demigorgon, you just have like this little, you know, yeah. soft yellow light that at the end of the doesn't happen. There's not. Yeah. It's not. And the, the shell casing is being spit out. Right? Mm-hmm. But he, he should have like done some real damage to this Demigorgon. Yep. Now, I do think it would have been cooler if he had a shotgun, like a double barrel pump action, you know. I mean that's very early '80s too, uh, or even just the but, the but break where barrel. did he get the rifle and what? Yeah, I you know I just, so when they showed that scene and and when he was shooting the demigorgon like in the face. Yeah, and does it work? Or it does in it the not, flower or whatever? In the jowl. Yeah. <laughs> right. Does it not work in the upside down? I mean. Yeah, he was looking away, so even he doesn't know any questions. Did it actually hurt it, or did it just scare it yeah, off? Well, I mean, there's a blam, yeah, right? True. There's a big blam, and so <laughs> it'd be me, a larger caliber like, than a 22. If this episode is brought to you by the 36, possibly if that's a hunting rifle. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a hunting rifle. Yeah. It's, it's not like, scoped or anything, but 22 is like a small round. Okay, I don't know. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I could I be mistaken. I don't know. I, I don't know my rifles, but there was a lot of gun and D and D talk in this review. <laughs> Brian's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. But on the whole, I found this really boring. Like, yeah. really boring. And I would give it a two. Um, if if you're a kid, you're gonna enjoy this because this feels like the kind of books that, that I enjoyed. I agree with that. Uh, it. it it could know. be a 22. It could be. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's grade just, this thing. I'm just letting him hey, know. Hey, if the Dun- Dungeons & Dragons detail oh. bothered you, this detail All right, is about yeah, to bother you. Yeah, right. I only remember from the types of guns that I remember shooting as a kid. Yeah. Out in, out in the woods. But it's a smaller round. You see how small the magazine is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the magazine is auxiliary, though, right? I mean, it doesn't have yeah. to be. When you've got a bolt-action yeah, rifle like that, you can... Yeah. Because he didn't have a magazine on his. No, he was just actually but. loading in. Somebody will probably listen to this in fact. Bryce, 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 so I don't. Bryce, know. let me know what is that. Well, so what caliber would you, yeah, you rate might, this? You might have to go buy another comic. Yeah. <laughs> or win one. Yeah, most likely the scenario. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a two. What what would you give it, Brian? Oh gosh, um, I don't you know. I enjoyed it. Eight year old Brian rate it, and then. Yeah. 28 Is there a Brian difference? Uh, Are you 28? I'm 27. No. 20. Oh, yeah. close oh, he's in the year. <laughs> you got to be careful. I'll be dead soon. Uh, <laughs> so, this is, a, morbid. <laughs> this is a four. I For guess. You? Yeah. All right. All right, cool. And not eight-year-old you. Did you grade it? Eight-year-old you. Yeah. Five. I have the same grading scale. Like Things that were cool to me back then are still cool like, to me okay. now. That's awesome. That's totally awesome. <laughs> he's nothing but if not consistent. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Johnny. Uh, this is a two. The D&D thing bothered me. 
Uh, yeah, two and a half. There's, there's, it. If they improved a couple things, it could be stronger. I need to feel more. I need to feel that, that sense of urgency when I watched Stranger Things. Like, oh God, find out what happens. Oh man, that nail biting. I think of, yeah. Like, I think that it, it and that's what did it for me. That. It was the tone of the storytelling. Yeah. The the tone the for me the tone of the storytelling in this book was just very matter of fact and nonchalant and and this and and there was no there was no trepidation in turning the pages or it was just all uh, matter of fact. Yeah. So so interesting that all of these are number ones and they do different things for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's really cool. All right. Next up. Yeah, buddy. I'm curious to see what you guys think of this. Uh, yeah. Heroes in Crisis, number one, by Tom King and Clay Mann. Uh, Sanctuary is a place that is like kind of a secret area. It's like a made to look like a house just in the middle of Nebraska, I believe. I thought it was a cat farm. Yeah. It's Nebraska, okay. though, I'm okay. fairly certain. But um, it's embedded with Wayne Tech. Amazon Magic and Kryptonian Technology uh, designed to help heroes that have seen or fought too many battles and kind of dealing with their own issues heal. It's supposed to be a place of healing. Um, and there is a massive murder that takes place in Sanctuary. Murders. Yeah, there's a word for that in the World War Tour. I don't know. It's kind of like a, uh, you know, the like the rehab resorts to cope with, mm-hmm. you know, there's something for the well-to-do and yeah. whatever. Day spa, I don't know. Yeah. That. In order to, really like a therapy almost for heroes. Yeah. Without the couch, though, as right. far as we know. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, there's multi-homicide. We've got a massive fight between Harley Quinn and Booster Gold. Right. Um, and I don't know if I want to reveal like all the twists in this. How do you feel, Robbie? Um, there's a lot of death in this. There is a lot of. De- I don't think all More of them are going to stick. More than I anticipated. I don't think all of them are going to stick. In all honesty, it's uh, the red wedding of the DC universe. It is. I did. I did not imagine Wally dying. Wow, Johnny. <laughs> Was is a spoiler cast? I love how you like you 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 just threw the side eye out and just went for it. I yeah. liked okay. I like what was the what was the guy with the blue mask and blue jay blue jay blue okay. jay. I shrink. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I shrink a lot. I feel like I'm gonna um, drown in my bed. Wait, so wasn't blue jay was that Batman uh, sidekick girl? I don't That's know. Bird. I don't know. God, this one of the okay. um, the storytelling devices used in this book is they have right. Um, a, a video tape confessional of these guys where they introduce themselves and they kind of go through this thing and and there's a um, every time they uh, employ that in the comic they'll just do a, a simple nine panel grid with them talking to the camera kind of introducing themselves what they're about like what they're going show. through yeah and 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 this this one part you're introduced to this guy Blue Jay and like within the next I, I think it was the very next panel you have these crows picking at a body oh, in a yeah. field yep and it's got and his I'm mask. like that that looks like that dude's mask 
Yeah. And you look at it, and you're like, that is that dude's mask. And then pretty much that's his his insides that yeah. the crow is pulling apart. Yeah. And and I, I thought that was so well done. It, it just creeped me the heck out. And... It's- and I, you know, I it's read back little... over Blue Jay's thing, and I looked at that panel again, and I'm like, "Yeah, this guy is being ripped apart by a crow. What the heck?" Yeah, it is a large scale. Um, There's a massacre. Yeah. yeah, it's a large scale murder mystery. Yeah, and that the Trinity. Yeah, have you to find handle. out that there is this massacre at this place called Sanctuary, and Tom King creates. A lot of care. I don't think they're all from the DC I think past. I think some new. of them are created. Just some of them are old. You recognize the costumes. You know. You know that these guys are. That's <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of uh, Kingdom Come. How there was that second generation of superheroes when they were introducing. Because I'm not familiar with these guys. I don't know if they're new or. Some of them are, are new. Some of them are old. Like this guy is new. Hotspot. Hotspot. Yeah, he, he I don't remember him. This is uh, Commander Steel, I think. Gotcha. I don't know who the green. I, and I really do. You know, when, when Tom King's on, he's really on. And I thought his his writing in this and giving these characters unique voices. You know, it's like with Hotspot, he's like, yeah. "So I've got this. I've got this, I've got this thing, yeah. thing, which this was code, the title this of the code issue. phrase. Oh, I'm just, right. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm just getting something. warmed up. Uh, I'm just warming up. And I, I don't know. I found it endearing mm-hmm. you know where you know you have a character that you've never met before in any comic you have absolutely no uh, baseline for any type of relationship with this uh-huh. character and by the end of these nine panels you really feel yeah. for this guy and cool and then you know his yeah. body is lying in a field and superman's like what was that thing that he would say well, well yeah Damn. didn't didn't he say this thing you know cuz he's like yeah everybody will remember that yeah, right yeah. that sounds cool and the next panel's like superman's like this is hot spot yeah. he's like didn't he have that phrase yeah, i can't phrase, remember that catchphrase yeah cuz clark uh, is clearly affected by it all it hurts the, yeah, the yeah. Murder, like, you're you reading know. this and you feel it yeah so i you know hats off to tom king for being able to infuse this story with those little elements that have massive impact on the reader um i think it's 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 a real talent and the the opening pages i want to say real quick the the first six or so pages with harley and booster were phenomenal Mm -hmm. i you know because I really, I mean, this this has to be very much about Booster and Harley. I yeah. think they're going to be mainstays they're, they're, throughout do, the that's, entire. Do we want to spoil kind of their their whole thing throughout this, or should we leave that for the readers? I mean, I'm pretty much spoiled everything. <laughs> you know, I'm okay spoiling it because it's actually set up for the entire story right. because okay. you get the sense that both Booster and Harley were at sanctuary. They were at sanctuary this, when it Harley went down. Harley definitely was. But they both have a different recollection. But right. Um Booster at the start, you know, he's at some diner, you know, Harley shows up, you know, at the window, you know, comes in, orders some pie. Um and starts having this conversation with Booster and then they get into this just nasty fight. Well, it's, it's one-sided. 
It's one sided. Booster's Booster not doesn't want to. He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He he takes her, you know, to twenty thousand feet. Well, probably not that high. A couple thousand feet um, to try and get her to stop. But it's that's a great scene. I you know, think usually the opening is. I'm not a fight scene kind of guy. Like when I'm watching a movie, it's the part where I check my phone. When I'm reading a comic, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, they're punching each other. She, She's having her pie. She grabs the knife, and she starts stabbing him with it, and it's it's intense. Like, Dude, yeah. Let's take this moment to just talk about how great Clay Man is. I was just about so to mention. Dude. Feel, okay, so I wrote down. Um, Dude, look at how demented she goes. She goes from being super hot to utterly crazy. Look at her like expressions. Like they feel like they're trace photographs. That's how expressive they are. They're I so agree. so like that looks like a real person's face, you know? Yeah. And I don't he may have photo I, maybe what I what I would love to see, Clay Man, if you're listening, I would I would love this. If if he's got pictures on him of, of his right. phone. Yeah. I mean, excuse me. On his phone of him making these faces. That would be amazing. Because I know Chris Johnson does yeah. that. You and ever I see think those, that's like, the vintage, like iconic pinup photos. Next to the photos of the model, yeah. and just how much magic they. Pa- use Paulo Rivera things. does that, and he has he has this thing called Wacky Reference Friday or something like wow. that on his Instagram. He posts. Where you get to see. Yeah, and sometimes he has he has himself like as the uh, you know the damsel yeah, yeah. in distress, so he's like this, <laughs> and it's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah, because these uh, look so cool. I can't imagine how somebody would have yeah. imagined them. They look so realistic. I, I I love the art in this book because it. Um, Clay Mann uses the nine-panel grid very effectively to show, like, very subtle, you know, movements yeah. and things like that. But even when he's not in that uh, strict nine-panel grid, because that's what the nine-panel grid is for, uh, is just, like, you know, so you can notice things. So it feels like video. Right. But even when it's not a nine-panel grid, you can see, like, every movement. It's just oh, yeah. so dynamic. It's not, it's not like a static image, even though it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. His... His art throughout this book is it's freaking I, perfect. I, I, yeah. I love that panel. That's what I'm saying. Oh my god! I mean, that would just it, 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 it's, nightmare. Yeah, it's terrifying and and hot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just then the Trinity. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, how perfect is that? We, so that that panel got me too. What does Diana say? She's like Bruce. He's he knows. He knows. Yeah, I and I think, I mean, but I think that she was because at first I, I had to stop. I was like, "Did was she warning Bruce that he knows, or was she like telling, you know, he already heard you?" Yeah. Uh, so you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to know. Or he this. already found out. Yeah. When he says sanctuary is confirmed, and we see these dead robots. Does that mean that they were sanctuary, sanctuary or the robots were part? That was the Wayne Tech. They were basically the. They're like the therapist, right? Is yes. This, okay. Gotcha. The the caretakers and the purveyors oh, the of of sanctuary. Gotcha. And I think when he says confirmed, it's just that it's it's he's confirming it's all the kills. Yeah. Because yeah. if you notice, he's going through and he's he's checking everybody yeah. for heartbeats for life or something. Gosh. So it was intense. It's a this is yeah, and oh, because that's what wait, because Batman said in there something like "Don't touch anything." Yeah, right. And Diana says he knows, like oh, okay. he know he knows not to touch anything, dude. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. It's Bruce reading. is thinking crime scene. Yeah. Clark is thinking help everybody. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
See? God damn it. This is why I love this, this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah, the, we don't know what's going to be coming out of this or whatever, but I mean. Well, because in this right. thing, too, because uh, Clark is the first one there, Superman. And his react going into the house, and he's just like, he's distraught. Yeah. If, you're, if you're listening to this, you ha- you like you should have this in your hands. Yeah, like because it's it's. Oh, I would strong. Hey, if uh, I would strongly recommend it. If yeah, that's such a great. It's a simple two-page splash, but of just Nebraska farmland with, with just Superman uh, streaking yeah, across. Yeah, red streak going flying across, and then the shadows of the clouds spell out heroes in crisis. A very um, Eisner yeah. layout. Like it's so perfect, though. Like, you stuff. know he's yeah. just... So he knows something went yeah. down, and he is getting there as fast as he can. Gosh. So that really sets up how intense this book's going to be. Because you know if he's rushing there, then it's bad. Oh, man. I, well, I can tell you I was not that thrilled with this book coming out either for different reasons than Justice League Odyssey. Yeah. Um, Justice League Odyssey scared me because... I. It had gotten delayed a couple right. times, three times, and I, I didn't know what we were going to get and whether or not it was going to be a, a train wreck. Um, this one, I was like, I, you know, I kind of semi knew the premise, and I was like, heroes on the couch. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. Well, I know. That's what you guys described. I know. That's um. Like Dave Ramirez was all about that. He was like, they took my idea, and I'm <laughs> like, ah, well, we'll see how it plays out. I'm all about but I was this like, book yeah. right now. This was this was a freaking great start. This I'm 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 hooked. Yeah, I was I actually, f- and, and a lot of it was Clay Man's art. Yeah, yeah but Tom King's yeah. storytelling, his, you know the the storytelling devices that he kind of weaves yeah. in there, and the way that he really gives these characters voices, I'm 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 hooked. Yep. I really want Clay Man to be like. A big DC superstar. Every time now. you guys say Clayman, I'm thinking Clayman, Clayface. Village. Yeah, so this is right. <laughs> but the final, for those of you, one of my fi- one of my favorite things out of this is actually the final booster page because it breaks my heart when it gets to that final panel of the booster page. I'm just See, like, ugh. I kind ugh. of. Go ahead, Johnny. I kind of, I kind of wanted what Dave wanted, where I I did want like the heroes, you know, maybe not talking it out, but kind of just like. Going into their psyche and, and and what is going on with them, and we I might think get, we're gonna get that. I think we are going to get more Booster, because for sure, yeah. If we are, then I'm very interested Booster, because something's right now. I am perplexed. I'm like, why are they doing this? Like, especially with all the you know hero deaths and things like that. Why are they making? Because it makes you feel right. But Johnny doesn't like to feel. I, I don't. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but it, it, it's. It gave me this weird feeling. I was like, "Why? Why are you doing this?" It. it I want the, it. I want there to be a really good reason as to why they're doing this. I think there's going to be, and I like I said, I don't think the majority. The, the majority of these deaths can't stick. Yeah, you're right. There's so many of these heroes that are killed are functioning in other books right now. Yeah, I thought like Wally was connected to the Manhattan yeah. thing or whatever. And they, yeah, they literally just brought him back. Yeah, and he's a, a primary. You know, character in the Flash title with yes. Barry, so I I just can't foresee them. You know, Arsenal. I'm not a con- oh, continuity yeah. guy, but do we know when this is taking place? We do not. Okay. Well, we all right. just know that it's in DC proper. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Sweet. So, okay. This well, already feels like 
one of those books that you pick up like 10 years from now and you're just like, remember that? Like, yeah, that it, feel, it, it does feel like an instant classic. Yeah. Like I, what Civil War was, you know? Yeah. It's like at any time, you're going to pick this book up and you're going to be like, damn, that was, that was something. Yeah. I, 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 ooh, I hate to make that prediction after one issue, but Good I definitely get, I there definitely are, there get, are eight more <laughs> because for me, it's, it, it's, it's always kind of about the ending. Right. Good point. You know, um, there are so many stories that start off great, you know, or have, you know, but then end. Well, earlier tonight, I Most did of them ask, are like, how often do they do a crisis? Like, a, a DC event is, I don't know, like six, six to ten years? Right? It feels like every half decade they do last, a crisis. The last proper crisis they had was Final I would, Crisis. I would say every decade. Yeah. Because decade? it's been Final Crisis was probably around 2008. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Around but there. Identity so, was 2005, right? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but if you, I it mean, varies. if you average yeah, it out and you go, but two different crises also. Final Crisis, big galactic, world shattering. Oh yeah. Identity, very introspective, personal amongst Maybe the heroes. Maybe that's why I was more drawn to this than I was to the. Uh, uh, I almost called the Teen Titans the Odyssey one, because I'm not like a big space guy. But this, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to feel a I'm lot. I'm going to feel <laughs> things that I'm not I'm, sure I'm ready to feel. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm all about the cosmic sci-fi yeah. stuff. And, and I think that's part of why that scratched your itch. Odyssey so much. Yeah. Um, this one definitely has more feels. Small and, Town and Diner okay is literally where it begins. Too. And that's where like, well, that's who doesn't love into. pie? Yeah. Oh, and Harley, yes. Harley finished that thing <laughs> before oh. she started using the knife. And I love that line. I'm pretty sure. Pudding. Right. Yeah, it was really cool. Right. Um, the diner looks so much like Pops from Riverdale. The uh, signage oh, is yeah, like almost yeah. huh. exactly like that. That's a Midwestern diner. I guess so. But I'm a sucker for this like 1950s googie architecture sort of stuff. But yeah, um, I I think this is great. It's yeah. I love great. everything about this book. It's a five for me. Yep. Five stars for me. Five. Hell yeah. <laughs> See, okay. Well, I'm, an, I'm just kidding. It's a five. <laughs> oh, Johnny. Wait, I was a lettering. Lettering's good. I didn't notice it, so Surprise good. Surprise me this week, Johnny. I know, right? All uh, right. Yeah, that's two ASCP certified comics yeah. coming out this week. Just I definitely like... Just like Odyssey, Heroes in Crisis. Um, fantastic, fantastic number one books. Um, all of you should uh, pick it up. All right. Them up. At this point, we're going to head over to our lightning round. Oh, Johnny, you cool. said you had something prepared, right? Yeah. Did mm-hmm. I not mention it on the like the beginning of this podcast? No. What? You said a Marvel comic. Yeah. Go. And I mentioned it too. Okay. Well. Well, yeah, you did. I only because I asked you what it was. Right. Oh, were we rolling? Or was it before we were rolling? Ah. Go. Okay. Go. So Just it's because well, I, be- <laughs> I was like, what Marvel book did you read that was <laughs> worthy? <laughs> it was uh, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 310, Chip Zdarsky's last issue. Uh, his whole run has been great, uh, a lot of fun. And this one is uh, silly, but it's kind of like a look at his whole run. It's really interesting and a good send-off for, you know, Chip Zdarsky. Is the series ending or just his run? I think it's ending, like the series. The series? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I probably want to divert everything over to... Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, Man Eaters, uh, I heard good things. I did not get a chance to read it, though. I flipped through it, and it looks freaking cool. Yeah. I, it's I did. I read it. Yeah? David, Revis, yeah. what would you think of Man Eaters? Uh, it was 
<laughs> I love. Yeah, I think that. Okay, so so in this book, okay, uh, I should probably give this some setup. Was your was your minute done? Yeah, my, my okay. My so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sidetrack for for just a minute, a minute on this. Or are you just gonna take however much time you take? Um, no, because I'm my minute's gonna be about something else. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, tack on to Johnny's. Go for it. All right. Like you didn't before. So I know I always <laughs> do. I, I hijack the He's shit the out of stuff. Yeah. So Man Eaters is about a book, and it's set in a world where when uh, girls um, reach the age of menstruation, they turn into man-eating big cats. And so it had, I guess they've gotten control under it through uh, medication and stuff for some amount of time, but some girls still slip through the cracks, and there's been uh, an outbreak in this town of uh, a big cat attack. And there is a scene which uh, you probably didn't hear it, but David was referencing where, in, so in this town, they know that, that some girl had, or, or that some people had died from a, a big cat attack. And this, this mom is in the little girl's bedroom and she's pointing like a 357 Magnum at the girl. And she's like, Timmy, get behind me now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really dumb uh, and fun. And, and, I mean, it's, an, it's pretty much an all-girl team. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's so weird. There is this great ad on the back. There's a lot of bonus stuff. Yes. It adds the um, – there's like a file the, here. Right. The A newspaper article. Right. Um, this this is gonna be a really interesting ride. I'm not sure. Uh, we should. Uh, it was Chelsea Kane. What what's the, the that is name? indeed Chelsea Kane. Yeah, Chelsea Kane. Um, I, I think she's primarily a novelist, uh, but uh, now she's getting into comics. Uh, Kate Memzik. N- N- Where's Johnny? Yeah, and Nimzik, uh Johnny knows it. Rochelle Rosenberg, um, Joe Caramagna, Carmagna, Leah Metternich. I don't know. Anyway, um, Chelsea Kane's new book, Man Eaters Number One. Um, it's got a real nice uh, glitter cover variant. Yeah, I, I the first thing I did was feel it. As Which as, I know. As, as I saw it on the table. Um, I I actually dug it a lot. I'll I'll read issue two, uh, basically to kind of figure out where you're going right. with this, because there there's a lot of tropes that they kind of throw into this this uh, story setup. Um, and I enjoy. I know we said we were going to review it last week, and I ended up not having as many copies as Stranger Things number one. And I thought Stranger Things number one can't go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Bamboozled but anyway, again. Yeah. So, Man Eaters number one. Um, that's actually definitely worth a read. All right. All right. So, um, lightning round. I guess. Uh, <laughs> you haven't done your lightning round? <laughs> no, no. I know. <laughs> I, well, I spent seven minutes, uh, you know. All right, Roger, go. Okay. So, um, next Saturday night, uh, eight days from now, we're going to have the uh, first Horizon Comics 24 hour comics day. 
Mr. Lopez, Brian Lopez, will be uh, participating in it with us as one of the artists. Um, you know, in the 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 official rules of Twenty Four Hour Comics, they state that it's a, a twenty four page comic to be created in twenty four hours by a single creator. Um, I, I respect that, but I also have a huge problem with it. I think that it denies the uh, the fact that um, most all comics are collaborative efforts, and I think that that's what makes you know truly. Uh, genuinely awesome comics is is the collaborative effort that comes together uh, not just writer uh, and artist but also inkers letterers everybody else so anyway next saturday night i know i'm over um we're going to be running a twitch feed here you're going to get to see some uh, some really cool stuff that you don't get to see every day um twitch.tv slash horizon comics Come, come, hang out with us. It's going to be fun. Brian, anything? Uh, no, I will sacrifice my lightning round for man eaters. That was <laughs> Just throw it on yeah. the fire. <laughs> Sorry. Do you have any uh, more copies of that? I do. I'll take one. Done. Um, I don't really have a lightning round this week. Moving on. It's been a long week. <laughs> he took up all of ours. Yeah. So, all right. That's okay. Another sacrifice. Then we only went like three minutes over on, on my right. diatribe. Highlights. Next week, we are going to be reviewing Superior Octopus, number one. Ooh. Wait, who's the writer on yeah, that? Yeah, well, I don't know. Christos we'll, Gage. Christos ah, Gage. Okay. Christos Gage. All right. He wrote a lot of backstories during Slot's uh, Spider-Man stuff. You mean we're not reviewing Typhoid Fever Spider-Man, number one? <laughs> uh, no. But it sounds... That's a title. <laughs> so not like a good title. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, what about Black Magneto? You know, I was, down, like I was down to review like that, but... Exploitation Black. Type. Pretty sweet, right? <laughs> Magneto? No. Um, Black Magneto. I would have... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> What's well, X-Men Black? Oh, it's the new title. Colon Magneto. Um, I was down to do it at this point. I think I've only got two copies left, so I, they'll probably be gone by next week. Got um, it. So we're going to do, yeah, we're going to do a couple of the X-Men Black, at least one. I, probably like Emma Frost and Juggernaut. Sweet. Um, but I've, I've had to go back in and order up our orders for all of the X-Men Black, so we'll have more copies of the subsequent issues. As they come out. Cool. And then next week, we are going to be reviewing from DC Nightwing 50. Yeah. That's the new creative team? Did you read Batman 55? Oh, my God, yes, I did. I just realized, like, what that so was. So, that's... Uh, uh, okay, spoilers. If you haven't read or want to read Batman 55... Um, Nightwing 50 follows up on it. Uh, if you don't want to know what happened or want to wait to read, just three, two, one, pause. Nightwing, Nightwing takes a headshot. In the sh- yeah, freaking head. Yeah. Um, presumably, he was, he was grazed, but we'll see. Um, I assume so. so um, we didn't see a whole lot of head exploding. No, there, there weren't brains coming out on the other side. Which, that kind of impact, yeah. that would... That would be the case. 
So we're gonna find out what what's up with with uh, Dick. <laughs> Anytime you're talking about I'm Batman sorry, now, like, I just it's think like, of Batman <laughs> damned. It's just I know. Like, what is up with Dick? You guys are so immature. <laughs> this is so true. This is the spice of and life. And I'm okay John. with that. <laughs> um, and then from... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't be serious. <laughs> it's just so perfect. Is his dick drunk? He's leaning a little to the right. Why is dick bleeding? <laughs> <laughs> it writes itself. It's a joke that writes itself. I'm leaving. Over <laughs> and over and over again. Oh, God. All right. And then um, from uh, Image Comics or just from Indie Comics, we're reviewing Blackbird number one. Uh, that's the plan. I mean, that's subject to change. I know for a fact that we're going to have uh, a greater abundance of Rainbow Bright number <laughs> one. That's certainly a possibility. There's also Sparrowhawk number one, whatever that is. I don't... I, I think that that was a pulls-only book. Okay. Special order, so... What is something the Max? One of oh, Batman the Max? Batman and the Max are crossing over? Oh, yeah. that's sick. That really? could be fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to review that next week. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, yeah, as always, the list is subject to change. Um, I'm not, again, I wasn't a 90s comics kid, so the Max is total. I I look at it and I'm like, weird teeth. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, not my thing. Uh, I don't, I don't care if it's got Batman in it or not, but I, you know, who There's knows? an audience for everything. So. Who Real, knows? Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, Wonder Woman, JL Dark, Witching Hour. Is that a special? Oh, yes. That's actually kicking off the Witching Hour storyline that's going to cross over into Dark. <gasps> that might be a very real possibility. Uh, I didn't I didn't get... Matt was... Matt, like I'm going to blame you. I know. You conspicuously left that out. I know. I feel like I know. I feel like Witching Hour is going to be a much. That's a dope sounding title. Yeah. I need you to add that to my pool. Well, and it's a Justice League dark book, so I need you to add that to my pool right away. Yeah. Well, and what we what we did with this one is we actually upped our orders because this is going to cross over between a couple of books, and we actually increased our orders and leveled out all of the the order totals. So that it's consistent across the board. We should have plenty of all of these for Sweet. whoever wants them. Sweet. All right. Well, that's yeah. It's probably gonna be witching hour. Let's have you seen the trailer for the Sabrina Matt? I'll, I'll let you the read what? Nightwing Fifty on your own. Oh, the new one? Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks really good. You guys yeah. liked Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, right? I love that book. Yeah. Roberto Guerrero Casa. Really you saw the trailer for the show? No. Is that what they're basing? The yeah, new yeah. 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 It's. It looks awesome, dude. <laughs> right. What channel? Netflix. Netflix? Yeah. Oh, God. All right. That's, that's why, uh, that's why uh, Afterlife yeah, with Archie and Chilling Sabrina, uh, Chilling uh, Adventures of Sabrina hasn't come out because he's Roberto Aguirre-Zacasa is working on the shows. Got it. Okay. He did an awful lot of work for Marvel in the 2000s. Did he's he? not bad. Hmm. Yeah. He did. Uh, he wrote four 
the Marvel Knights Fantastic Four run. Oh, really? He also did some Spider-Man work. Uh, he's actually a decent writer. Hmm. I really like his... Uh, all I've read is Afterlife with Archie and Chilling Adventures, and I love those books. Mm. He, he's done a lot of Marvel work. Check mm. it out. Yeah, maybe. Because right. it's, it's pretty good. Let's hop over to our graphic novel. Oh, sweet. All right, we have a special introduction yeah. this week that Brian has prepared. Uh, awesome. Okay, so uh, if you guys will just indulge me for a second and uh, just close your eyes for a little bit. Imagine yourself in the uh, maybe mid-20th century. You're gathered around... Uh, late model AM radio, you just tune your station to uh, K-H-A-D, and through the static you hear a voice coming in, right? And that voice screams at you, he's like, get this and get it straight. This ain't your average talking animal story. This is a world with crime, corruption, conspiracy, and the one cat that'll get to the bottom of it. That's right, I said cat, a black cat named John Blacksack, that we follow through three yarns, somewhere within the shadows, a Hollywood homicide, Arctic Nation, about racism and false righteousness, and Red Soul, set during the Red Scare, when you don't know who to trust. If you like film noir, hard-boiled detectives, and Pulp Fiction, this is for you. But if you came expecting Zootopia, then buddy, you're in the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) So that is my pitch for Black Sad. Dude, that I think that's That's like the best pitch ever. (laughs) Yeah. That's That's a great pitch, dude. What did you guys think? I freaking loved it. Once I, I got I rolling it. into it, I, it hooked me. How long did it take you to like get Like two pages. Were you Same. thrown off by the talking animal no, aspect of it? All uh, right. I, what threw me off was how mature it was. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then, like, as I went in panel by panel, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Into it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I imagine. Furries, I think, would be very into oh, it. Oh, hell yeah. Jonathan. <laughs> this might be the book to Johnny's turn a Green Jay, though. I don't have a <laughs> right, name, so right. you're the one that's a Green Jay, Johnny. Yes, definitely. Well, I know, Brian, you had mentioned that before the show, and we were talking briefly with uh, Arthur about it, and it's like, yeah, no, I, I, you know, she shouldn't seem that hot to me. It's a, it's a dog or yeah. cat woman. Yeah, it was. Um, it's funny, but the, yeah, kudos um, to the artist. Um, Writer, artist. Oh yeah, sorry. The writer is uh, Juan Diaz Canales, and the illustrator, I believe it's pronounced Juanjo Guarnido. They're a duo Johnny? of Spanish. I mean, he's he's Hispanic too. <laughs> yeah. These fellows are from Spain, which I was surprised by. I told you earlier, I was like, this You're felt from so. El Salvador. Yeah, my dad's from El Salvador. My mom okay. is from Guatemala. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was surprised that this wasn't an American comic. Like nothing about it felt. It, it like it felt so. I don't know. I don't know how to describe Pulpy, it. Pulpy like American thoroughly uh, Hollywood. So noir. Hollywood, yeah. I would say Guadagnino. There you go. And um, in the introduction, actually, Saranko, Jim Saranko writes the introduction, mm-hmm. oh. and he talked about how film noir itself is European. It's a uh, it's it's French, you know. So I feel like that's kind of appropriate. Yeah, I, dude. It's it's such. It's probably the most perfect noir style book that I've read and it has freaking talking cats in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the narration? Yeah. Oh the dialogue? Um, the the thematic elements that are brought into the stories? Because, I mean, you do. You have, I mean, you have just explicit racism. Um, I, it's perfect. And it's not I, at all like campy or cheesy at any point it's like cause sometimes when you do no. these genre type things you can do it too much and then it just becomes kind of a parody of itself yeah um but this is not that 
Yeah, sometimes you even forget that they're animals. Yeah, you know, because yeah. yeah. the facial expressions are so yeah. human. Right. When he draws them, it's it's really well done. I mean, I, granted, I only read uh, one episode, right? That's what they're called, um, yeah. and it was fairly Boy long, but. And that the first one was the um, Hollywood homicide the, the, one, right? The his girlfriend who ended up dead, yeah, and trying to figure out who uh, that was the one with the the lizard with the bulging eyes. Yeah, yeah. it was after him. Oh, bulging eyes! Oh, gosh. Um, I you can I, describe it and yeah. you can talk about it, but. It's one of those things that, like, and what you were mentioning, I'm the biggest fan of Sin City. That world oh, is... Oh, Sin City's so... I like, love that so much. Yeah. But this made Sin City feel like a film noir parody. Yeah. Because this doesn't rely on the, on the tropes. It doesn't rely on... There, um, one of the things that I noticed was that there is no, there is no uh, solid, stark black. Uh, because it's all watercolor, yeah. it's all kind of, like pale mm. so it feels very dreamy it's all yes. watercolor it, I, well that's what it looked like uh and yeah. i feel that normally like a frank miller would just rely on heavy shadows and, oh yeah and like that's again i Dude. love sin city so what much. i really love about this uh is well the the art is watercolor you know and, it, and it's really well done that it it feels dynamic even from like page one yeah. it feels like uh and i granted i haven't seen that many uh like noir movies wow. but when you think of like noir movies or like uh, detective movies you know you think of like the stereotypical like uh, narrator and, and it's this down on his luck detective and it feels like that feels but like I think that. it's because th- this is that it's not stereotypically that it's just I think it's just the perfect uh, book for the genre hell yeah uh, and and the actions and, and the, the narration and the dialogue is just so well done that it's I'm actually surprised that I've never heard of this book before. That's what it's, I was saying. It's, yeah, it's the best kept secret, I think, in comics. I, oh, my God. Well, Blake, is Blake here? Did he, he, he's the first person okay. that told me about this, and he told me like three months ago. Well, I thought he Blake, was going to be on the show because he's like, we're reviewing Black Sad. Yeah. Right. Well, and because he asked me, he's like, am I on this week? Because it's Black. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's Brian. That's his yeah, I think like, he mentioned oh, okay. it, but I'd never really take his. So we'll, we'll probably, um, when, if, if Blake comes back in, we'll pull him in to, to give his thoughts on Black Sad because apparently how he, found out about he it. loves it. Uh, honestly, it was probably a conversation with with him that I had that made me um, order the book because we, we've had it in stock before um, it usually sits on the shelf for a while and then it'll sell um, but I hadn't had it in a while so I went ahead and reordered the there there's three different volumes there's another uh, story called Amarillo okay. and another one called a silent hell oh, man. Um, and which both of which we have in stock um, but uh, when when I got this back in and I, I I looked through it and I thought of you, Brian, and that's why I went ahead and scheduled this Sweet. book, you know, to be reviewed with you, um, just for the art alone, you know, without without having read the story, um, because it it imparts, uh, you know, these these emotions. <laughs> oh, you turned right to <laughs> the sex scene. That's, Golly, that's funny. It, you know. <laughs> Um, that I, you know, it's one of those stories that just kind of pulls you in, and even well, each of the it, stories stand yeah. alone and do that. Uh, and the the racism, the just blatant, you know. So story two racism is about uh, 
it's about a town that's like and we there's no time frame for this we don't know when exactly this takes place like, could be any time between the 20s between the 40s and the 60s like and it feels very much like that like it's so it captures yeah. that which is why I was surprised and yet because it's, almost it's the timeless. American experience. Okay, I'm going to have Blake sit in for me for just a minute oh. so that he can talk about Black Sad also. Right. Okay. So you got it, sir. First of all, how did you learn about this book? Um, well, how I learned about the book, oh God. I have to plug another YouTube channel. There's, ah. there's this guy called Matt Draper that does video essays. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a video essay on Black Sad. And I was like, all right, I'll check it out because this format's pretty good. And he described this, and so immediately I got the digital of it, and I, I read it the first night I got it. I mean, the way he was describing it, the panels he was showing, I'm like, is this really a comic? And it's just, it's beautiful, man. I mean, it's taking the art form to, to like, a new level. Like, especially, like, people who grew up with Disney cartoons, they get yeah. this, like, adult level, you know what I mean? And it's just beautiful the way that, like, this... It's Zootopia after dark. Yes. It's Zootopia, like... <laughs> Before Zootopia was a thing. Yeah. That's a perfect description. It's Zootopia after dark. Yeah. I mean, but what I love is like you have this um, Zootopia noir. Right. Like on this oh, page. That sounds dope. Right. I mean, Disney would do that. <laughs> <laughs> but like you have this, this character on this page right here who's supposed to be like a sleazeball like business guy. And he's like, what, like a salamander or like a reptile? Like, yeah. The, like depending on what animal they are, it shows their characteristics. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also, I love it flips that it. Black Sad is just black and white cat yeah. and they and they constantly play on like how he's always getting into trouble and like the the black cat syndrome of yeah you bad know, luck bad luck yeah. and everything like that um i don't know if this one gets to the whole uh do they do like the black panther party thing yeah yeah that's on the there's a book little there's piece of it that that's another does great it come sequence. back into it well there's a part where he goes uh where like he encounters them for the first time yeah in the store. And he's like what this isn't enough yeah, yeah. And so they even like, talk about like mixed race and, stuff on like me that. and i'm gonna end you and he's got the gun on him exactly like just yeah. moments like that are just beautiful like whether you know like how it talks about it reflects things that happen in our society the way that he did it you know what i mean this team like they get each other you know what i mean these gentlemen are on point they flow together well i mean it's, I can't say enough about this book. It's just beautiful. Like, every panel is gorgeous. One of the things I like is how the main character is constantly just in the middle of it. Yes. Like, he's constantly being tugged, like, multiple directions. And they do that really well. Because, you know, sometimes, like, in, like, a, a story like that, it's real easy to kind of be like, oh, he's clearly going to do this, or he's clearly going to... And it's just like... John's, like, kind of not sure what to do either through the whole thing, and he's navigating it with you. Yeah. Before before we started recording, you said something about the endings, about how um, just the bad luck endings. Like he's not allowed to have a happy ending. <laughs> and like I never like gets the girl. <laughs> that's so yeah. That's so true. In each one of these, he has a potential love interest. Something always ends up happening. Yeah, never gets her. But what I love about the story. Very noir though, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. The detective never actually like gets. And gets how the you girl. mentioned like he he he's in all these situations. Um, I feel like it's kind of the typical thing. The Nord detective is sitting in his office, and he, they're they're not looking for trouble. But trouble finds them. Yes. and that's totally him. Yeah, like, that, that's what happens to Black Sad. And you you start to notice that like, cops are always dogs. Not just dogs. The commissioner is a German Shepherd. Oh. Right. <laughs> oh, it's right. so perfect. Yeah. And then his lieutenant is a a, a fox, and yep. then one of his other street cops that brings him in is a border collie. Yep. Like how perfect is all of that little stuff? 
and then his buddy that's that what is he supposed to be like a little weasel yeah, yeah. and he's he's essentially like a paparazzi reporter yeah. or something like that and he's just like this little he's a nice guy but he's, he's like smarmy. a little sleazeball yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so kind so of you he's know a little smarmy like writer and how like he he supposedly like doesn't shower and stuff like that <laughs> like it's Every every character element like coincides owl. with what animal they are. Like yeah. I love it, you know. And the professor's an owl, you know. Or like the you finish um, this, Johnny. Yeah. I I think I will. The like the the Dalmatian character and everything like oh that. How he's just like very charming and yeah. I just uh, it makes me want to go back and read it all over again. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I um, I mean, I only read one issue, but I really loved it. It's dark. Gritty, mature, and sexy furries rejoice. Jeez, John. It is too damn I sexy. Also, I, I also really like that the president is a bald eagle. A bald eagle, and yeah, the, yeah. And the general was <laughs> a lion. That's pretty Absol- good. Yeah, it's, it's like, perfect. It's on like point. Little things like that are freaking great. Gosh, man. Uh, another thing I want to point out, the hardcover of this Real book Real quick, Johnny's got to head out for the night, so oh, no. Johnny, give your rating. Yeah, I have a, I have a bedtime. Um, but uh, it's a five based on that one issue. I'm definitely going to keep reading it. Uh, nice, nice, yeah. nice. Uh, sorry, guys, I have to go. I have to work in the morning, 4 a.m. Sorry, bud. Bye, Johnny. <laughs> Bye, guys. Peace out, brother. Hop over here and take his place. Okay. Yeah. And playing the part of Johnny for the rest of the episode. Hey, guys. Did I call it or did I call it? 10 o'clock. Yeah. Three minutes I don't know what you're calling, but yeah. I called it. Yeah. So, what would you rate this? I would give it a five, you know. Brian. Hell yeah, it's a five. I think absolutely a five. Absolutely a five, like they said. Did Johnny rate it before he went out? He said a five. Oh, nice. The, uh, speaking of, of hot cartoons, um... This artist was part of the the visual development of Atlantis, and he was the lead character animator on Helga, who was like the femme fatale in that movie. Yeah, so that's that was pretty cool. Uh, that's, cool. that's right. Yeah, that's very cool. I love I, all the little in between stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so much to find. Like, like um, in one of the things, yeah. the uh, the business signs it said Hammett's, yeah. a nod to Dashiell Hammett, the creator of. Sam Spade of Maltese Falcon, wow. played by Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. So that was like, I, wow. I the, See, I, dude, I get the, that well, stuff goes so far <laughs> over my head but because I just don't, about. I don't retain information. There, I have a feeling if you search through like the majority of this book, you're gonna find Easter eggs. There's political posters in the so. racism story that tie into these characters and like everything. Like the backgrounds are so elaborate. It's amazing. I mean, the Arctic Nation. That's. That's great. Perfect. Yeah, that it is. is. Yeah. yeah. And like with the with red the scare. Snowflake, the with red the scare snowflake as uh, the swastika. And they literally have a Black Panther in the Black Panther party. Like, come on. That was incredible. You yeah. know? And it. there was like a, what, like a black boar or something like that too. And it was just, it was, like a, it was any animals that had, yeah, yeah. That, that had black fur. Yeah. Damn. But yeah. It, well, uh, the assassin like the, is the, a crocodile. Uh, the white yes. tiger. But yeah, he has some redeeming qualities towards the end. You know what I mean? The white tiger, the one who kind of oh, ran no, no, the town. It wasn't the, wasn't was the alligator. The, wait, not the, the polar bear, was it? Oh. No, it was. <laughs> was the salad, not the salmon radio. Yeah, yeah no, I know. We, we tend to do yeah. that. We're seeing some crazies. Uh, that's what we're doing. Three different people are talking at the same time. That's, that's good content. The, the polar bear was like the chief of police. <laughs> but the Johnny white Lake, tiger. You're not sitting there doing your job. What that am I supposed to do, sit here? Yes. <laughs> I was sitting over there. Go ahead, Roger. I, I'm trying to remember the white tiger's name. He was he was like the head of the town. The first story. 
Oh, man, the end of that arc. Whew. Which one? The first no, one? it wasn't the first story. With, it was the um, second story. Or, I'm sorry, the Arctic Nation one, the whole thing that tied into oh, that towards you, the yeah. end of that. He was playing tennis. Yeah, and, and and his like bastard son was on the other side because of inbreeding. I, I can't remember talking about the dialogue. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. like um, a snow leopard yeah, or something yeah. like yeah. that, and he was yeah. like, yeah, he was, shaking. He and, was, yeah, he was a tart. Oh my god! But I, I, I love the complexity and depth of uh, of the storytelling in this, and I. I, I would I would read it again and again. It's so good. Oh, and it was yeah. it was a anyway. black bull too in the in the the Black Birds. Panther party that they had going on. Yeah, oh, cool. yeah. Just that that gro- <laughs> the grocery oh, store man, scene. That, that uh, I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, anyway, yeah. fives all around. Fives all around. A lot of five books this week made up for that last what not last week week before last where it was like. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love weeks like this. Right. I really do. Jonathan texted me and he goes, Blake, are you on the podcast this week? And I go, why? And he's like, because we're doing Black Sad. He thought, like, I, I had picked it. This is your yeah. book. Yeah. You were the first person to tell me about it. You're like, dude, and I remember you sending me or showing me. I can't remember if we were hanging out or if you sent it to me. Mm-hmm. The image of John Black Sad. And I was like, nice. that's, that's a comic? Yeah. Thank you for introducing all of us to this. I, who yeah. pi- who picked this? Who picked this? Did. I did. Ro- how'd you find out about it, Roger? Probably from you. Oh my God. Okay. I, I listen. <laughs> all right. I, I sometimes just, I know, listen. I feel like sometimes you're the hot girl at the bar and you're not listening to me. He doesn't okay. hate you that much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's do trivia. All right, Blake. Are you playing? I guess. Want, you want to get on the board? Sure. Right. Donnie's out the door, so. Okay. Well, I will get on the board. All right. So, again, with trivia, uh, please send any trivia questions you want to stump the panel with to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Send me a question with four multiple choice answers, and please note the correct answer so I don't have to get it wrong like I did a couple weeks ago or go Google some stuff myself. All right. And then um, if you know the answer, you go last. If you don't know it, you go first. That's the rule so you don't spoil it for anyone else. Or blurt it out like Jonathan did the first week and lost a point. So we're going to oh, go so from now, there. Now I've lost a point. <laughs> no, that, you could have had it. You were like, I, I could have had that extra point. <laughs> I was screaming at my computer last week when you guys didn't know about uh, Comic Sans. Oh, yeah? I you was, knew that? I knew that. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I, I just need to go with my gut. All right. But for the winner for uh, last week's trivia... Uh, what was the question? It was a Larry question. Jonathan? Oh, a first what? time uh, thought bubbles were used yep. in comics? Right. On what date did the first word balloons appear on a comic strip? There you go. And it was something like, like 18, March 1952 or something. 18, October 25th, 1896. Yes. 1896. So Bryce, was, I was close. Good job, Bryce. You're the only one that wrote in with the correct answer. So Bryce won uh, the trade, right? In the, in the to answer that question, you should be 1800s. listening to University. <laughs> <Yeah>. Good plug. <laughs> Sometime I, I, oh, Larry's going to shoot me. I swear to God. I think I, I want to say like 1820. That sounds old enough. For what? Where's I trust that. I, I, I'm covering myself a little bit. Somewhere. That's a Larry question. Yeah. That's a Larry question. Mm-hmm. We have a segment at the end of the show called Multiversity University where Larry has been taking us through like the history of comics, and it starts going way back to the Victorian back. area. That's such a surprise. Yeah. Um, so Bryce won the trade, right? Is that right? 
Yes. Okay. Good job. Thanks, Fresh Uh Is was that this week's one? No, or no, no. For no, last week. Wildstorm. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> for this Wildstorm. Bryce. Bryce, you're in for a treat, dude. Let me know what you think of that, Bryce. Uh, this week, thank you, Jason Previtt. Uh, I'm using your question. We're going to see if we can stump the panelists here. Okay. So according to Jason, longtime G.I. Joe writer Larry Hama had a figure sculpted based on his likeness. What was the figure? Was it A, Tunnel Rat, B, Budo, C, Quick Kick, or D, Mainframe? Who knows it? Jonathan knows it. He's going last. All right, Brian? Was that in The Toys That Made Us? I don't know. That the, the, I don't know the context there. I haven't can, watched that yet. Can you, I'm sorry. Can you say the answers again? A, Tunnel Rat, B, Budo, C, Quick Kick, or D, Mainframe? I just wanted to hear you say him again. Um, um, I'm going to say quick kick. Okay. Brian? Mainframe? Mainframe? Roger? A, tunnel rat. Jonathan? C, quick kick. You think it's C, quick kick. The answer is A, tunnel rat. Is it? Wow. Oh. <laughs> Roger's got the, the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> all right. Thank you, oh, those Jason. Are all, those are all G.I. Joe's. Really insightful uh, Writing in with that question. If you guys want to send in a question, contact allstarcomicspodcast.com. Um, label it trivia question, and if you have answer to the listener question Roger is about to give you, write into that same place and answer it. Uh, label it trivia answer. So thanks. And playing the part of Roger this week is Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna use that Dashiell Hammett thing. Oh, but you know what? Talking to the mic. There. When I was um, when I was reading uh, Black Sad, the voice I imagined was Fred McMurray, and Fred McMurray is famous for. Mm. Well, he had two big starring roles. One of them was a 1940s film noir where he plays an insurance salesman. The other one was a 1960s comedy where he plays the boss of a company with a very scandalous affair. What were the titles of those two movies? Cl- clean that question up. A okay. <laughs> Fred McMurray is very po- <laughs> Fred McMurray is uh, very famous for starring for his for big roles in two movies separated by two decades what were the titles of those movies there you go that better yeah ouch <laughs> that's <laughs> a very specific Google-able? question yeah totally okay don't forget to yeah. give us anything the is googleable google yeah well last what time you i said. did mess up really bad with my question so i do apologize. that's why that's why i was like <laughs> make sure you well, shout out to that rocketeer pen oh thank you the rocketeer my bad oh nice and i think that's it right? that's all for trivia we're that good that is it for trivia so uh, I forgot to check reviews, but if you guys like what you're hearing, please rate, uh, review, subscribe, like, and share. It helps us out. Nice. If you want to go above and beyond, you go to patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast. Dollar gets to the episode early. Three dollars gets to the Multiverse and University episode drops all at once. And five dollars gets you origin story. And then up from there, you get special sales, um, mystery boxes, things of that nature. Right, Roger? Yes. Um, as I said just a couple minutes ago, stay tuned to the end of the episode where you get another clip of Multiversity University with Larry. I believe he is going through the Silver Age at the moment. I can tell you the episode right now. Yeah? Flash of Two Worlds is coming up. That was last Ooh. week. Flash of Two Worlds was last week, guys. Was it? Yeah, are you there sure? There you go. Yes. <laughs> Brian. This week uh, is JLA. JLA. Nice. So if you want to uh, keep up with all the updates for the shop, you can like Horizon Comics on Facebook and follow at Horizon Comics on Twitter and Instagram for all of the new releases and newly restocked uh, books and uh, graphic novels that come in each week. 
Or come in and talk to me. Or you just come in and talk to Roger. That's probably the best thing to do. Uh, Brian? Oh. Your Instagram, Instagram. so people can follow your art. It's so hard to, like, spell out. It's B, the number two, R-I-A-N-L-S. It looks cool, but you didn't really think about how hard that was going to be to tell people. That's why I just hand people business cards. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Matt? The Hydra 5-5? Hydra 5-5. That's St. Jonathan, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, guys. Uh, he doesn't get to. He's not okay. officially on. <laughs> yeah. Rude. SWATCAT86. How dare you? Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next time. Adios. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I'm your host, Larry Douglas. Now, tonight, we're once again going to be talking about a DC comic, and I know it seems like we've been talking a lot about DC, and those of you that listen to this podcast know that I'm kind of a DC guy. However, I'm not doing this because I'm a DC guy, but the first five years of the Silver Age were really dominated uh, by DC, so it's appropriate that we spend a lot of time talking about them. Now, one of the most influential comics of the early Silver Age for DC was the Justice League of America. Um, although perhaps I should say that's one of the more one of the most influential uh, group of characters, because the Justice League of America did not start off in their own comic book. They actually started off in the Brave and the Bold number twenty-eight um, in the February March nineteen sixty edition, written by Gardner Fox, a name that we have heard a lot because Gardner Fox did a lot of writing for DC in the Golden Age and continued into the Silver Age and really wrote uh, some of the best loved characters and best loved stories of those times. Now, um, the thing about the Justice League is this was following on uh, what DC had been doing a lot during this time, which is bringing back their uh, their Golden Age heroes. And in this case, this was bringing back the a, a new version of the Justice Society of America. Um, only in this case, the lineup was very different. They did not try to uh, bring back those same characters. They just used characters that were currently being published um, in DC Comics. Um, although some of them had, uh, at various times, been in the Justice Society in the Golden Age as well. The original lineup of the Justice League was Aquaman, Batman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So Superman and Batman, for the first time, got to be more than just honorary members. They actually got to appear with the team. And Wonder Woman got to be something more than just the secretary. She actually got to uh, participate in what was going on. Um, This was also, by the way, the first appearance of Starro. So uh, given the fact that in the newest incarnation of the Justice League, uh, Starro has been brought back is uh, kind of appropriate. 
Now, um, the story was interesting in a couple of ways. It starts off with Aquaman is swimming across the Atlantic when a uh, character called Peter the Pufferfish comes up and talks to him. And Peter the Pufferfish tells him that he saw this giant starfish crash into the ocean and then turn three other starfish into gigantic monsters like himself. And so uh, this causes Aquaman to become a little concerned, and he calls the Justice League together. Now, the interesting thing is that up until this time, there was no such thing as the Justice League of America. So this first issue did not have an origin story. The Justice League, according to this story, already exists. They even all have... uh, uh, you know, kind of like uh, signal devices that Aquaman can use to contact them. And when he does contact them, they assemble at their headquarters, which is in a cavern somewhere. And again, the headquarters already exist, so apparently the Justice League has already been active. Uh, they end up, of course, battling and defeating Starro, um, and uh, they end up appearing in three issues of The Brave and the Bold, 28, 29, and 30, and then in October of 1960, they get their own title, Justice League of America number 1. Um, however, even in that one, there's no origin story. In fact, there actually was no origin story for the Justice League until issue number 9. And, of course, the origin story, as with many other characters of the Justice League, has changed over the years. Um, but it took a while before they, they came up with a, with a version of the JLA's origin. Now, the thing about the Justice League is that it ended up being DC's most popular title. And um, as a result of that, uh, what happened is that Atlas Comics, which had been struggling during this time and was pretty much about ready to close, um, actually got inspired to uh, finally kind of get off their duff and join the superhero revolution that was going on in the early part of the Silver Age. So Julius Schwartz, uh, the editor at DC, who we've mentioned before, even though he was not the writer of Justice League, it was his idea to uh, to put this group together. In fact, actually, this whole early part of the Silver Age was inspired by Julius Schwartz. It was his idea to bring back all these characters and give them more science fiction-type origins. Um, but uh, Julius Schwartz um, ended up at one point uh, saying that uh, he thought that the Justice League was his greatest creation because not only did the Justice League characters save the DC universe, but they also saved the Marvel universe as well. So anyway, I hope that with that, you will join us next time as we, for all you Marvel kids out there, we actually begin to discuss the origins and the creation of the Silver Age Marvel universe.